Greetings, Internet. I'm John Bailey, and on this week's episode of Popcorn Junkie, it's going to be a light week review-wise, because I didn't get to a lot of watching, because gestures at everything. Uh, I did manage to get in the uh, 2020 uh, Digimon Adventure reboot, and uh, I uh, sat through the 1977 made-for-TV movie Snow Beast with some friends to do a riff. So I'm going to talk about those, and then the big thing this week was trailers for HBO Max, so we're going to talk about that. So, let's get started. Salutations, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Popcorn Junkie here for a little Netflix and chat. Alright. So yeah, with the uh, gestures at everything going on, uh, I've been relying on my go-to binge stuff, which is old old videos on YouTube of people I've watched. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Phalus rewatching, and I went through the entirety of Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridged as well. But um, the other thing I've been going through is Bob's Burgers to try and catch up. So I'll do... Um, I think the last time I covered Bob's Burgers, it was up to season eight or nine. So once I get up to back up to current Bob, I'll talk about it on the show. Uh, as for right now, the one thing I did get a chance to check out was um, Digimon Adventure 2020, which is, I forget what it's going by. I don't know if that's the technical name for it. But, uh, in 2020, but for 2020, Toei decided to do a remake of the Advent Digimon Adventure storyline, the one from the 90s. And it started off with the first three episodes being a sort of remake of the movie Our War Game. Which, for those who don't know, Our War Game was one of the uh, movies made for Japan that really only made it to the U.S. as one of the segments in uh, Digimon, uh, Digimon the movie, the middle segment. It's the one where uh, Diaboromon uh, is hijacking all kinds of equipment in Tokyo and Ty and... Uh, Matt have to save the day with Omnimon. And that was the first introduction of Omnimon, the uh, joint Digivolution for Greymon and uh, Garurumon. And for the reboot, they started with that plot line. So the first three episodes are basically the plot of our war game, but with uh, in that being our introduction to the, to the digital world. So uh, Ty goes into the network, as it's called, and goes into the, you know, the sort of in-between of the digital world, because it's not, like, manifested like the way the digital world is by the end, but it's, um, you know, it's very much like a Tron sort of internet of, you know, uh, universe sort of thing. And it is infested with viruses, and Ty teams up with Matt who is very cold and distant and not very interested in being friends with him. But he's been there fighting these viruses with Garurumon. And um, so uh, together they managed to take out the the majority of the viruses, especially since the first one hijacked a train that, um, that uh, Kari and Ty's mom were on. And the second one is the one that hijacked the U.S. submarine and sent a nuke to Tokyo. And 
that's where uh, Garurumon and Greymon fight off the thing. It, it it evolves into its final form. It's much more generic virus looking. They don't really get... I don't remember them giving it a name even in the show. Like They don't say, oh, this is this Digimon. It's Digivolved into this Digimon, like they did in the movie. Uh, like, you could tell that... Um, you know, Caramon uh, digivolved into Infermon, and then the Aboromon. And here it's just like generic viruses that are attacking the internet, uh, the network in Tokyo. And it's, and so for the Omnimon thing, we didn't, we don't have a War Greymon, uh, Metal Gururumon from the show established by that point. So it's just them joint evolving into um, into Omnimon, but we do get Omnimon, which is interesting. So like by episode two, we we, we have an introduction to Omnimon, <laughs> which is interesting. But uh, we start off with Ty and Izzy being friends, and everyone else is sort of disparate, not really uh, not really knowing each other. And it isn't until episode three where they actually go to camp. And act, and that's where Ty and Sora run into each other, and I I think that they're teasing that Sora's gonna join him in the digital world before Izzy does. At least that's what it sounded like, but um, but we won't. But that's all we've gotten so far because, like so many anime right now, they put a halt on production until the uh, outbreak ha has a. Uh, has quell has sort of quelled and they can they feel comfortable enough to go back to work. So much like with Pokemon, Digimon is on a bit of a hiatus until they can get back into production because they don't want to burn through their backlog of finished work until they can get back into it. And uh yeah, so that's so that's uh that was interesting. I ca I caught it through Crunchyroll. I finally checked that at one out. Um uh, yeah, I think my problem with, I think I, uh, I think my problem with anime is that I'm a dub, I, I kind of prefer dubs in so much that if we're sub, if I'm going to watch something with subtitles, I need to pay all my attention to it. And I've been, you know, working on nine different things all at the, all, all at the same time. So all my video, uh, Stuff is, you know, my cons uh, you know, media consumption is on in the background. That's why I, you know, tend to go back to YouTube for stuff in the background because otherwise I'm not going to pay attention to it. So, yeah, the, but this is, this is really solid. And I think it's a great introduction to this reboot. And it sets it apart from the original 90s adventure series. So it's not so you know not to expect the exact same thing. I also want to check out Digimon Try uh, now that it's kind of run its course and see how that played out. But yeah, uh, I highly recommend the uh, Digimon Adventure 2020 version. And once it gets back up and rolling, uh, you can check. I'm gonna start checking out all their other stuff. You know how they tackle that plot line differently, and because now it's set in the present day, so I'm very curious to see what all they. Uh, change and uh, update since then. Uh, next, the other thing I saw was, as I mentioned, Snow Beast, which is a 1977 made-for-TV movie that is basically Jaws at a Ski Resort. It is Jaws at a Ski Resort, but not with a shark, with a Yeti that you don't eat, that you don't even get to see the full costume for. It is we only get to see arms and one shot of a face. 
It is a boring slog of of like 75% B-roll of people skiing and riding snowmobiles. It is an absolute joke of a movie, and it is perfect for riffing, which is what we did. Uh, we had we had a blast riffing this, cause, and that's the only way to enjoy it, is by mocking it with your friends. There is no genuine enjoyment for this thing. Like, the whole, like they try to have a human element, but so much of it is just blatantly ripped off from Jaws that it's not even worth watching. And then uh, the rest of it is like the like they try to have a love triangle, but they but they don't do anything with it. Like they tease it, tease that there's gonna be infidelity, and then the main married couple gets back together anyway, so all the infidelity is just gone. And then that love triangle is just dropped once they get back together. <laughs> oh god, and then like the main dude looks like freaking Gordon Ramsay <laughs> mixed with Bill Fagerback. The uh, voice of Patrick. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he just... Uh, God, it's so stupid. And it really is just a te te testament to, like, just how lazy people were to try and rip off Jaws back in the 70s. Like, Jaws was a massive success, so everyone's like, We could do Jaws! We'll just do Jaws, but it's in the woods! Or we're gonna do Jaws, but it's with Piranha! Yeah, so there was a massive amount of Jaws ripoffs in the late 70s and early 80s, and they're all awful. Uh, so yeah, we had a we had a blast riffing that. That was for the guys over at uh, Cinematic for the People. Highly check, highly recommend them. I think there are some of their videos that I'm featured on, but it's been forever, and I'm really hoping to get back in with those guys because they are they are a blast to hang out with. I love those guys, and uh, yeah, it's. The only reason I sat through it was to make fun of it with friends, and we had a blast. It really is just a travesty to behold. I don't even know if it's available. I think it's available on YouTube, and I can't recommend you watch it unless you're getting drunk and hanging out with friends, and you're going to mock the hell out of it, because it, otherwise it's not worth sitting through. But yeah. So that was all I really got the chance to watch this week. Um, uh, hopefully uh, I'll take the time this coming week to uh, check out uh, I know um, Netflix dropped two movies the one with Chris Hemsworth that was produced by the the Russo brothers they dropped that animated movie this week as well and uh, yeah we'll see I'll, I'll hopefully check out some more stuff this coming week but for this weekend I just I got nothing I, I, I really was just dealing with gestures at everything so uh, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna talk about HBO Max hey do you like Pokemon? Yeah! Do you like Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah! Well, what if I told you, you could have them both together? That sounds, uh, a copyright Don't mention that. I mean, um, yeah. Then check out Dungeons and Dragon Types, the D&D 5th edition actual play podcast, where the players are Pokemon trainers, and all the battles are between Pokemon. There will be evil organizations to fight, Pokemon gyms, contests, all in a whole new fan-made region. Don't miss out on the fun. Listen to Dungeons and Dragon Types, available only on Gumby Cat Networks.
like I mentioned, they I didn't really get to watch anything. But one of the things that caught my attention was HBO Max dropped a bunch of trailers for their upcoming content on a on um, uh, their upcoming original content, and you know mainly because we as of this release date, uh, on a month from today, at, when this episode comes out on the twenty seventh, May twenty seventh is the launch date for HBO Max. For those who weren't aware, um, HBO is owned by AT&T. Uh, I don't know what they're a subsidiary of, if anything, but AT&T, um, what is, actually, let's look that up, because I know uh, AT&T is, uh, J uh, John Oliver loves to poke fun at business daddy AT&T. Um, I guess it is just AT&T. Uh, they're not a subsidiary of anything, it's just AT&T Cor Corporation. Um, so yeah, uh, HBO is owned by them and they, AT&T has worked together with, um, Time Warner, Warner Media to make their own streaming service. And it's mainly going to be, um, stuff from HBO, stuff from the Warner Media catalog, all mixed in with their own original content. It's basically like these two AT&T and uh and Warner Media uh coalesced together to make their own Disney Plus essentially and basically what you need to expect is there's a bunch of content that's going to be available for the first time or switching over to HBO Max and then a bunch of new stuff coming out for it specifically and then you can expect all the uh AT&T HBO programming to go over there as well as a lot of the Warner Media content to be end up on HBO Max. Uh so yeah, we're continuing to cut out the digital content pie with another streaming service. So uh, before you uh decide to sign up for it, I'm going to give you a heads up of what to expect cuz I'm going to I'm definitely going to sign up for it just because it gives me another uh service to to uh, glean content from. But uh, yeah, that's what you need to expect from the, from uh, HBO Max, and uh, the main thing that uh, it's going to be over there is the HBO shows. Uh, in fact, I don't know if they specified that uh, HBO content is going to be like day of. I don't think it's going to be like that because I know they have HBO Go and HBO Now. But um, da -da 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 -da. let me see um. So all content from HBO service uh, will have podcasts about the films and TV ser series on the service. So they're they're gonna throw in that um, episodic content will be released weekly, a la Disney Plus and uh, Hulu. And uh, uh, da -da -da, letting said shows breathe as opposed to fading quickly after a binge and burn. To, yeah, yeah. Um, weekly schedule helped to drive the success of past HBO, well, yeah, I mean, HBO is a television network, of course they had the weekly release schedule. Um, I'm trying to find, here we go, uh, HBO Max will, is not expected to include feeds of HBO's linear cable channels, nor is it expected to include any content from HBO's sister linear pay TV service Cinemax, oh, I did not know HBO and Cinemax were owned by the same, both owned by AT&T, huh, um, I'm trying to see if uh, 
how it's gonna uh try to see what they're gonna do with the HBO shows. I'm not seeing it. Um, it's a, the, I mean, the Wikipedia is talking mainly about their, uh, their like how they're partnered with a bunch of BBC stuff, as well as um, I know Channel Four is going to do a thing, and uh, and yeah, it, it's it seems to be a uh, it seems to be the. Um, <sighs> Uh, sorry, I, I'm trying to find on here where uh, draw content from HBO Premium Service. It does not say um, how soon the it, things will go from HBO to HBO Max. They'll probably announce that once um, it goes live. But at any rate, the HBO library is going to be on HBO Max as well as um, the Criterion Collection. Is going to be the entire, I believe, okay, offer titles from the Criterion Collection, though it does not say it will be the entirety of the Criterion Collection, but you're going to see a bunch of Criterion movies on HBO Max, as well as the entirety of the Ghibli movies. So, what, like they um, announced Ghibli is going to be available, all the Ghibli movies are going to be available in Australia and New Zealand on Netflix. They're going to be available exclusively through HBO Max in America. Um, as well as, you know, they the continued partnership with Sesame Street, so all the Sesame Workshop shows are going to be on HBO Max, as well as uh, they announced a couple of new stuff coming in. Uh, all the first 11 seasons of the rebooted Doctor Who are going to be, you know, the relaunched Doctor Who, current Who, modern Who, as well as the future seasons 12 through 14 are going to be available through HBO Max through their partnership with the BBC. As well as Luther, The Honorable Woman, and Top Gear, and the original Office series, though I would not recommend you sit, sit through that garbage, but that's just me. Uh, they also acquired the rights to The Big Bang Theory and South Park. Now, what else they got? Mad TV is all the old Mad TV series is going to be on there. Uh, and through their partnership with Warner Media, they've got all the old Cartoon Network shows. So you've got Rick and Morty, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Robot Chicken, all the Adult Swim shows, Samurai Jack, uh, Primal, and uh, what else you got? Um, what else? What are the other? Uh, does not uh, does not. I'm not seeing anything else, but a whole bunch of cartoon. Uh, I know the Boondock, the old Boondocks is there because they're going to do a rebooted Boondocks. But yeah, so most of Cartoon Network's lineup, if not all of it, is going to end up in HBO Max plus. It's going to be a second home for the D for the DC content because you've got DC Universe, some of which will end up on HBO. One shows specifically, but all of the um, all of the uh, movies that are made through Warner Brothers are going to be there. Um, oh, uh, starting with Batwoman and Katie Keene, uh, they're gonna uh, they're gonna premiere. The CW Arrowverse, uh, th those shows through HBO Max before coming to the CW. And uh, the Arrowverse shows, Riverdale and Supernatural, will continue to stream on Netflix until the deal runs out. Um, does not say if they will end up over there since uh, 
They're, I think they are produced by Warner Media, Warner Brothers Television. Um, and then Scooby-Doo stuff, Looney Tunes, Hanna-Barbera, Tom and Jerry. So all of the old, all of the old cartoons are going to probably end. So they're probably going to end up just getting rid of Boomerang or incorporating Boomerang into HBO Max now. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, they got the uh, rights to host South Park now. And they've also got a bunch of true TV shows. Adam Ruins Everything has been announced, as well as Impractical Jokers. And uh, they've also got movies uh, from The Shining to A Star Is Born, I think the new one, uh, Singing in the Rain, Casablanca, and Citizen Kane. Uh, plus, you know, Joker, uh, Batman v Superman, Warner, uh, Wonder Woman, Justice League, all of Shazam, all of the all of the DCEU, and and previously, uh, previous DC uh, movies are probably going to end up on HBO Max as well. And uh, I think those are the uh, whose line is it anyway? Did not specify if it's going to be the British incarnation or the current incarnation, or that mid uh, it, Drew Carey era incarnation. But it just said, whose line is that anyways, ending up on there as well. So a lot of content is just going to be available. I don't know if it's going to be available from launch day. Uh, I'm assuming a bunch of it is probably going to be. And then they're going to add more to it. Like the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, as well as the Hobbit trilogy. Uh, Gremlins 1 and 2. The Matrix trilogy is going to be there. Space Jam is going to move from Netflix to there. So uh, a bunch of stuff is coming over to HBO Max. Um, so it's going to be a lot of stuff. Now, for the new content, you've got... The main thing that drew me in was the new Looney Tunes cartoons, which are a series of shorts made in the style of the old Looney Tunes. Kind of like how the new Looney Tunes cartoons were for Boomerang. And personally, I think this is way more... This is going to be way more in line with those original shorts than the new Looney Tunes cartoons were. Those new Looney Tunes cartoons were okay, and they only they started to get a little bit better as it went on, but I think what they've shown with the trailer that they dropped was something much more in uh, in line with that original run of uh, Looney Tunes shorts. Like you've got Bugs uh, screwing screwing with uh, both Elmer Fudd and uh, Yosemite Sam. Porky and Daffy are hanging out. Uh, the Roadrunner cartoons are going to be there with out any dialogue. It looks like, and Tweety and uh, Sylvester. It looks like it's just going to be a continuation set in modern day. Like that one of the Bugs Bunny ones is he's at an amusement park. The one with Elmer, who is much more in line with his original design. Like he's got a big rosy red nose. Uh, he's Bugs is taking over uh, Elmer's pool. Um, they've got a bunch of stuff with uh, Tweety and uh, Sylvester. They've got uh, a bunch, you know, a couple of with. Uh, they've got the big red mo hairy monster. From one of the Bugs Bunny shorts. So it's it's going to be an interesting collection. And I'm very... And the animation looks solid. It's ni It's got a nice little rubbery quality to it. But it's very modern. It kind of has a bit of a John K vibe to it. That style. Where it's modern day. But it never gets gross. It's just, it's just rubbery and quick. And looks like a lot of fun. It looks very much like a modern day take on the Looney Tunes. And I'm very... That's what's hooking me right now. Uh, they've also got, on launch day, they'll also have a romantic comedy anthology series called Love Life, uh, which will be airing starting, uh, unlike Netflix, which will have, which has drops, drops everything at once, 
these shows are going to be airing new episodes every week. Uh, but Love Life seems to be this romantic comedy anthology series. Uh, Craftopia is a preteen-based craft competition, so it's going to be kind of like Lego Masters, only specifically with like arts and crafts, cutting, gluing, uh, fabric, cardboard, uh, paper mache. I'm guessing. So I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, it's going to be for that. It's, it's a interesting mix of adult content and kids content. Because there's a bunch, so I would not be surprised if there's an HBO Max kids category, like there is specifically with Disney and Netflix. Just so the so just so you can make sure that you're watching the kids stuff for the service. Um, the other big competition show launching with it is Legendary, which is a dance competition, but set specifically with voguing slash ballroom culture. And for those, if you were on Twitter a couple months back, they announced that for HBO Max with Jamila Jamil uh, from The Good Place hosting it, and people got really upset. Because they felt that she was an outsider to the culture, and they thought if they're gonna co-opt our our culture for their benefit, they should include somebody who's part of it. And like part, and then Jamila Jamil felt the need to like come out as uh, queer in order to kind of offset the uh, people's uh, feelings. But all that only made things worse because it felt like how uh, Kevin Spacey announced that he was gay as soon as it, as soon as uh, he was under fire for all of the stuff he, you know, for all the sexual assault he did to young boys and young men back in the day. So it's like, it's okay. I'm gay. Like that made things better. So, um, or no, don't hate me. I'm gay. As though that, you know, once again, that, but so, so it's not as bad, but at the same point when they were upset with her, Jamila Jamil thought that was the time to say, no, look, it's okay. I'm queer. As though that made, as that would quell the angry mob and not make things you know, worse. Like that's the time you want to come out and, and come out of the closet and you know say you're part of our community is in order to in order to try and quell an angry mob who feels like their culture is being co-opted by a cor by a you know by two mega corporations. Anyway, that could go on forever about that, but suffice to say, it's better to listen to you know people members of that community's voices rather than mine. Uh. You also got the Not Too Late Show with Elmo, uh, which is a late night talk show, but hosted by Elmo and featuring the Sesame Workshop characters. I have no idea. That looks like a re it looks like a slightly better version of the Tonight Show, only because Elmo is infinitely more likable than uh, Jimmy Fallon. But that's just me. Uh, and then on the record, which it, which got um, which uh, was interesting because that big the big thing. When that was announced and premiered at Sundance, was that Oprah was producing it. And when they dropped the trailer for it on HBO Max, all of a sudden Oprah pulled out as a producer and said, "Well, well, well, you know, some of the things don't really line up." And she tried to pass it off as like she wanted to distance herself from it. But why is she do deciding to do that now, rather than rather than just you know, I don't know. It felt very disingenuous the way she went about pulling out of the series. And it felt like she's basically saying, I care more about Russell Simmons' uh, reputation than I do about the victims. And now it's raising the question. And now, of course, that raises the questions. So she produced this documentary series. And now she's going to say, well, I don't I, I now I don't have faith in the testimonies of the women involved. So it's like now. You're, now, what? Do you, so what is that saying, Oprah? <laughs> so it's it's very. Uh, and uh, Double Toasted talked about this with a. Uh, 
Corey and Chris, and they go into much more detail about it. I'll, I'll only say that, yeah, it feels very, once again, it feels very disingenuous that now all of a sudden you want to pull out and say, like, some of the things don't match up as how you're trying to downplay the impact of it as though you're, so either you're saying you, what you made is, is complete BS and not true, or what you're saying is, I don't care if it's true or not. I care more about propping up this guy who may or may not be a, you know, abuser, rapist, any number of things. I don't know what the accusations are, uh, in the, in the show or from the victims. Uh, but suffice to say that, yeah, either she's propping up Russell Simmons and and aligning herself with him, or she's, or she's saying that, uh, you know, I produced a thing in as part of the Me Too movement, and now I don't think it's true. So either, in which case, wow, that's that's kind of a dick move. So, like even like once again, I don't know if it's true or not. It's an it's an allegation. That's why you go. That's why you're supposed to use this as invest. You know, in order to investigate if it if this is true. So I don't. It's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna have to check that show out. It's gonna be a. a, a uh, mini docu series, so uh, be be aware of that coming out because that's gonna probably gonna be the next big mini docu series that people are uh, talking about uh, after this whole Tiger King nonsense. Uh, as for what's to come, they've got an entire Wikipedia page dedicated to stuff that's just been announced, and a lot of it I couldn't get any details on just because it's so early in production. Like, we are in the very, very early stages of pre-production, and it's just been announced. So we don't even have some of these things we don't even have details on just yet. But if you want to get a list of everything coming to uh, HBO Max, there's a Wikipedia page for it. And um, I'll just uh, give some of the highlights. Uh, the Boondocks reboot is coming later this year. Uh, there's a adaptation for The Monster at the end of this book. Which is going to be fun. I'm very interested because I loved that book growing up. And to see like an animated adaptation for it is going to be fun. Um, it may not be animated. It may just be uh, It may just be like the, puppet the puppets. Uh, we'll see. You also got a Gossip Girl reboot. So fans of the show, there's that coming back. There's a show called Raised by Wolves. Which is produced by Ridley Scott. And it's about androids raising humans. So that should that sounds interesting. The Flight Attendant, uh, by Kaylee, starring Kaylee Cuoco as a flight attendant who, on a stayover in Dubai, wakes up to find a dead body in her room, and they invest. And so it's her and the FBI investigating exactly what happened the night before because, you know, she got drunk and blacked out and doesn't know what happened. Uh, Tokyo Vice is Ansel Elgort starring in a series where he's a reporter trying to take on the most powerful yakuza boss in Tokyo. Uh, I have mixed feelings about that because Ansel Elgort's good. I'm sure the series will be fine. But once again, you, you got a white dude, you know, doing the job that you could have just given it to a Japanese guy made it in Japanese. Like, it feels really weird plopping in token whitey in order to do the thing that apparently nobody else, that has to cut, whitey has to come in and save the day. And it feels very awkward. And I'm I'm sure that that criticism will come up once it launches, if it launches, for all we know. Once again, some of these don't even have a release date yet. Um, DC Superhero High. I have no idea what that's about, but it's a live action series set in the high school. I'm guessing 
It may center on the teen characters, or it may try to make Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman teenagers and put them in, like, a freaking Smallville. Who knows? We'll see. There's a show called Duster, which is uh, produced by Bad Robot. Uh, it's a 1970s western uh, about a getaway driver. Sounds interesting. Uh, following Denis Villeneuve's Dune movie, there is an HBO Max Dune series that's going to follow it. There's a Green Lantern live-action series, a Justice League Dark live-action series, a Strange Adventure series, which is a superhero anthology show. There's going to be a Grease musical series. So they're going to make a musical, they're going to make an extended series out of the musical Grease with song and dance. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. There's Made for Love, which is a dark comedy about modern relationships. So I'm guessing things in the line, in the line, you know, in the same line as Sex and the City and Girls. Um, Generation, which is a high school coming of age story about teens exploring their sexuality. So I'm curious to see if that one will incorporate things like asexuality, pansexuality, um, gender identity, like not including non-binary people and, pe and people who are transgender. That, that's one to keep an eye on, because if it just sticks with, you know, gay and, you know, the sticks in the, you know, the, the cis end of the gender binary and, um, or the gender spec, cis end of the gender spectrum and include just, like, uh, gay, straight, and bisexual people, then it's just going to be a, a waste. Uh, White House Farm, which is a, which is a British show about uh, an incident in 1985 Essex where a family, five members of a family were murdered in a farmhouse. And that sounded interesting. It's, it sounds very, you know, it sounds like a cool little mystery drama. Americana, with an H, uh, which is from the novel of the same name. And it's about a young Nigerian couple struggling to establish their lives. And it sounds like they go from the UK to the US, or from the US to the UK, I'm not sure. But it's starring Lupita Nyong'o. So I'm going to have to keep my eyes open for that. Uh, Station Eleven is another British co-production, I think, based on the no uh, novel of the same name. It's about a post-apocalyptic future where a good chunk of the population was killed by a pandemic. <laughs> Not that that's uh, that one may they may want to wait to to premiere once until all the, all of gestures and everything blows over. Uh, there's an Aquaman animated miniseries, which sounds interesting. Uh, not sure how that's gonna go. Uh, the event, there's going to be a four-episode miniseries uh, about what happens after the show Adventure Time. That's coming to HBO Max. Uh, Gremlins Secret of the Mogwai animated series. There's a Gremlins animated series. It only took them 40 years. Uh, uh, there's going to be Jellystone, which is a slapstick. Uh, same vein as the Looney Tunes sort of show, uh, but, centered on the Yogi but centered on Yogi Bear. And I'm guessing a bunch of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Something called Mecha Builders uh, from Sesame Workshop. So I'm not sure what that's about. Not a lot of details given. And then the show called Tuned Out. Tuned Out is going to be a Roger Rabbit style live action animation hybrid where the where the star, who has not been named yet, um, is going to see Looney Tunes specifically as well as Droopy Dog was dropped. I'm guessing he's going to get see all the licensed cartoons owned by HBO Max that are licensed to HBO Max. So Warner Brothers, Hanna-Barbera, Tom and Jerry, I'm guessing, uh, Droopy Dog, some of the Tex Avery characters. Like, the only ones he's not going to see are, um, are, like, the Disney characters. Did, you know, all the Disney-owned cartoon characters. But, yeah, that's that, that should be 
interesting. Um, and then he's got a therapist played by Christopher Lloyd, which should be fun. Uh, Close Enough, which is from the creator of Regular Show, that was initially supposed to air on TBS. Uh, instead of, like, just out of college uh, 20-somethings, it's uh, human characters, millennials in their 30s, um, trying to, you know, raise a kid and live with their, like, divorcee friends, um... You know, in L.A., it sounded like a cool show uh, from the guy, yeah, from, I uh, forget his name, the guy behind Regular Show. And it sounded like a cool premise, but TBS never aired it. So it looks like it's coming to HBO Max. Uh, the Prince, which is an animated comedy based on modern the modern British monarchy. The Prince being Prince George, um, the six-year-old uh, son of, I think, not Harry, but uh, what's, who's the other one? Uh... I forget who the other... Once again, I don't care about the British monarchs. I just think, you know, I think they're a big waste on UK taxpayers, but that's just me as a bloody American. Uh, any rate, it sounds like it's going to be uh, Lil Bush, but with the British monarchy. Uh, no idea. The guy who uh, who created it, created this show called Vicious for the BBC or for British television. And um, he also wrote on Family Guy and a couple of other things. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I, I but I, I definitely have bad memories of uh, college humors, not college humors, Comedy Central's Lil Bush. So, yeah, uh, I expect that. That's my that's my bar for it. Uh, another competition show, one called Karma. It's set in this camp setting, and the goal of winning is to build up ca- good karma by being you know you know by being good to each other. So it's basically like an anti competition show. It sounds like. Uh, it, it, it's, that, that should be interesting to check out, but it's a bunch, again, it's another preteen show. A bunch of this stuff sounds like it should be aired, should have aired on Nickelodeon or something. Uh, Generation Hustle is a 10 part docu-series about, uh, millennials and the hustle for, um, fame and fortune, which, you know, mostly the hustle is just to pay the bills, but you know, that's not interesting. Uh, a four part docu-series on, on the Heaven's Gate cult, which should be interesting, uh, friend, a, the Friends reunion special is going to go to HBO Max. The Doom Patrol series that's been on DC Universe is going to air on uh, HBO Max as well. Um, the show on TBS called Search Party, starring uh, Alia Shawkat from Arrested Development, uh, is, is the seasons are going to move over to there from TBS. Premise there being uh, self-absorbed New Yorkers. Uh, find, are kind of involving themselves in a missing persons case, and it's apparently supposed to be like a darker comedy. Um, Esme and Roy, uh, which is on HBO f- from Sesame Workshop and Nelvana, is going to HBO Max. Genlock, which is interesting, from Rooster Teeth, is going over to HBO Max. So Rooster Teeth got picked up for HBO Max, interestingly enough. And uh, that's kind of the major stuff for TV, but they are, pro- like Netflix, uh, like Disney+, Plus, they are producing their own movies. Uh, like HBO even. Uh, Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone are going to do another movie. Uh, thankfully, you don't have to go to theaters to sit through the garbage. Uh, sorry, I'm, their movies are just genuinely not very good. Uh, but their next one is going to be uh, about a super intelligent life form uh, deciding if humanity should be spared based on Melissa McCarthy's character. In which case, five minutes in, they should just decide that humanity is worthless and let it die and, you know, and wipe us out. But that's just me. Um... A show, a movie called "Let Them All Talk" from Steven Soderbergh, and I want you to listen to this cast: Meryl Streep, Gemma Chan, 
Candice Bergen, Diane Weist, and Lucas Hedges. The premise being that these older women, uh, along with one of the Lucas Hedges being the nephew of one of them, go off on this sort of, uh, I guess, vacation, whatever you want to call it, and uh, read. And uh, it seems to be a sort of take on that, uh, what like Book Club did, and a bunch of the other, um, you know, story, you know, movies centered on older women, kind of, you know, um, being together for something or another. Uh, I think um, part part of parts of um, Exotic Mary Gold Hotel were about that. Uh, that seems to be the sort of thing, which is interesting that Steven Soderbergh is behind it, which gives me pause because that mean that may mean he's going for something deeper than that. It sounded like there's like a mystery involved as well, like some sort of secrets being unraveled. Uh, so that's something to keep your eyes open for uh, when that comes out. Uh, Unpregnant, starring one of my favorite young actresses, Haley Lou Richardson. She is uh, she's best known as um she was in uh Split as well as The Bronze and uh she was the friend from Edge of 17. She is playing the main character in a in an adaptation of the novel of the same name, which is a coming of age sort of story of teenage pregnancy. And so uh here's a teenager with aspirations and goals to head over to 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 be you know to study in Ivy League in an Ivy League setting and she gets pregnant. I have no I never read the novel. I have no idea if it's any good, but uh it we're, that's coming to HBO Max. Uh and then on top of that, you've also got a long series of stand-up specials. Um not a long series, a couple series, but there's an, there's an ongoing uh show essentially hosted by Conan O'Brien and produced by him. So Conan O'Brien is apparently going to use Team Coco to produce uh, HBO Max comedy specials. So that should be interesting. Uh, and then, of course, there's 24 just announced as in development, including a Last of Mohicans adaptation, what sounded like an Anna Karenina adaptation, and a whole bunch of period pieces. Like, I could go on about all... I had the entire list of things uh, that are coming out from... It coming out as a HBO Max original content that just did not have any 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 information on. There's a bunch of there's a couple anthology series. One called Overlook that see that sounds like it's based in the Stephen King universe. Uh, uh, da, da, da. There's a something called Little Ellen, which I have no idea. It that's another one from Warner Brothers Animation. Um, a whole bunch of uh, reality and competition shows. Something called Fantasy Food Fight, which sounds like they're making fictional foods and cooking them with real ingredients, which would be something I'd be down for. Uh, something called The Big Shot with Bethany. Uh, there's a game show produced by MGM Television. Uh, something called The Hose, H-O apostrophe S. Uh... Don't let the pigeon do story time from something called Stampede Ventures, uh, and then a, a, a couple of sh a bunch of shows from the BB that are co-produced by the BBC, um, Afro Dot Punks, which uh, which sounds interesting, The Hellfire Club, uh, Over My Dead Body, which sounds interesting, The Shelley Society, uh, something from Aida Rodriguez, something called Vegas High, which is a coming of age period drama. So, I mean, like, we've got all kinds 
Uh, there's something called a K-pop drama slash young adult movie directed by Nan Nanacha Khan. Not familiar with her. Uh, apparently, she's the creator of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Um, oh, she wrote on Rock Malcolm in the Middle. Neat. And she interned at National Lampoon. So, that's interesting. Uh, she also directed uh, Always Be My Maybe. So, apparently, she's got a show. She, she's got a thing coming to uh, HBO Max at some point. That's a K-pop drama. So, uh, that's... So once again, like... What does that even mean? Um, specials for Ahir Shah, John e John Early, uh, Rose Matafeo, and uh, Tracy Morgan that have just been announced for 2020. So yeah, like there's a whole bunch of stuff coming to HBO Max, which begs the question, should you sign up for HBO Max? I guess the question is, does anything I mentioned interest you? Access to the criteria, access to parts of the Criterion Collection, the Studio Ghibli Library, the Cartoon Network shows coming back, and, and they mentioned that most of the cartoon cartoon lineup from the '90s is and early 2000s is going to be there. Um, the Boondocks coming back, uh, both both the original series and the new one. Um, did any of the movies sound interesting? That that or the mini or the series. Uh, I know Americana is one I want to keep my eyes open. I want to see if that Gremlin series is going to be good or if it's just going to be a really terrible uh, animated series based on a... Pro they may they may go darker. Because that's the thing. If this was made for Saturday mornings on network television, it would suck. Because like, every one of those shows, Little Shop of Horrors, the TV show, sucked. Rambo, the show, sucked. Um, uh, uh, Robocop, the show, sucked. Uh, I... I'm only going off of what I've seen. Basically, you, I'm assuming that if you've taken an R-rated property and tried to make a kid's show out of it, it's going to suck. But this may not be a kid's series. It may just be an animated series still based on the Gremlins, and, it's, and it still has that same style to it. And it's not a Saturday morning cartoonification version of it. So that's something interesting. To keep my eyes open for the DC content. Like, if they're going to do Justice League Dark, that means they're going to bring back Constantine. And I really I know it's not going to be the same guy who played him in the show for NBC, but I would love it if they brought him back because he was a great John Constantine. And I'm very interested to see how they handle it as a series. Uh, the Green Lantern series, I'm also very interested to see how it turns out. Um, yeah, like the mo that, that movie, Let Them All Talk. Uh, plus, apparently, Ava DuVernay is going to produce, is going to direct a movie for them. Uh, they also announced, like, they announced a whole bunch of people helping to produce content for them. So, I mean, if any of that interested you, between the back catalog and between the new stuff coming out, like, you may have been interested by the Grease TV series, for all I know. Or the uh, the various competition shows may interest you, like the craft show or the karma show, like those could have interested you. the the uh, ballroom show, the the voguing show that may interest you. That may interest you. So I mean, there's plenty of content coming coming to HBO Max that may interest you. I would say this: no service is worth breaking the bank over. If you have the spare twenty bucks a month and 
any of that content sounds interesting to you, if you want to binge old episodes of Mad TV or Doctor Who or just relive all the old cartoon cartoon shows, watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Brick and Morty, um, any of the Adult Swim shows that they are bringing over, uh, check out some of the Criterion Collection as well as check out all of the old new content. I know specifically, I'm really interested to check out those new no those new Looney Tune shorts. So if any of that interests you, you got 20 bucks a month to spare in your in your um account in your uh what's it called? What's that thing called where you the all your money is um whatever. If you got the spare 20 bucks a month, then if nothing else, you have a week to try it out. If you don't like it, you can drop it. In fact, personally, my the the week at, the week that that comes out is gonna be me ch- doing a sort of check in uh, for the tr- for the trial session of HBO Max and commenting on whether or not I will keep it. Because I know I'm hold- I'm still holding on to Disney Plus, and I've still got Verve going. I may cancel Verve just because a bunch of their content is gonna go over to HBO Max now. So I don't. I may cancel that one out for now and switch over to HBO Max, but we'll see. So yeah, uh, that's all I gotta say. Uh, that about does it for this week's episode. Uh, although, uh, let me see. Let me go check back over with the numbers and see what's coming out this week and uh, before the next episode on home video and on streaming. Uh, following this week's episode, we've got uh, The Assistant... Which I'm not familiar with. Uh, the assistant follows one day in the life of Jane. Oh, ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, yeah. Uh, I've seen trailers for that. I never got the chance to see it in theaters. Apparently, that's coming to video now. I'll have to check that out. Uh, basically, a, a young girl is uh, wrote is the assistant for uh, this comp for this uh, executive, and while she's there, she finds out that he may be abusing and assaulting young women, and it's her dealing with the stress of a very mot, you know, mot, macho work, you know, uh, office environment while, de- while dealing, knowing that this is what's going on with her boss. Um, something called blood on the moon from the Warner archive. Some old Western, uh, dream catcher with a K, which I'm guessing is some directed video horror movie. Um, Something called Screen Media Films. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing that's just a direct-to-video horror. Um, Dennis and Lois. Guns Akimba was coming out, which I would not recommend you go see. I may check it out myself, but I know the director is a piece of garbage. So I may, I may just avoid that one unless it gets like some real buzz. A uh, bunch of stuff from something called Gravitas Ventures. No idea who they are. Gravitas Ventures... Uh, already tomorrow in Hong Kong. Here, let me look them up on Wikipedia. Gravitas Ventures. Uh, okay, they're an indie movie distributor. Um, apparently they have their own streaming service for five bucks a month, so cool i guess good for them if people are willing to check it out uh but they got a whole bunch of stuff coming out um this week uh the the dennis something called dennis and lois something called the incoherence something called and then tread and vanilla 
none of which... Um, Dennis and Lois' love story about punk rock's most dedicated couple and their 40-year devotion to music. I'm sorry, who? What? No idea. Anyway, uh, then the photograph, which I saw in theaters. It's all right. I'm not saying you need to go check it out. Um, I think that's the big stuff. Da, da, da. Murder to Mercy, the, the Centoya Brown story. That's coming to Netflix. Something called A Secret Love is coming to Netflix. Uh, not sure what that's about. Based on real life, it's a documentary. Uh, the numbers is not really good on um, details. Uh, All Day and Night, Arkansas, Bull, half of it, James versus his future self. That's another one from Gravitas Ventures. Uh, the Wretched from IFC Video. And then uh, I think that about covers it. Um, yeah, I think that's all that's really coming out this week. So, yeah. Uh, not sure if I'll get to any of those. I do want to catch up on some of the newer stuff on Netflix. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah, that about does for this week's episode, which means it is time for the plugs. If you're listening to this podcast, you're most likely listening to us on our homepage at GumbyCatNetworks.com. And if you want to keep up to date on all the new episodes as they come out, you can do so by liking us on, uh, by favoriting us on your web browser and whitelisting us on your ad blocker. While you're there, check out all of our other fine programming. Uh, no living in the stacks this month just because scheduling and gestures and everything. But uh, that me we're just going to delay April's episode to the beginning of May, and we'll have the regular May episode as well. Um, you can, but you can check out uh, Dungeons & Dragon Types, my D&D actual play series, but set using the Pokemon 5th Edition modification. Uh, you can also check out all of Donna's stuff uh, with the Snarkast, uh, Once More With Feeling, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, uh, The Family Business... And if you yourself are a podcaster and would love to join our fledgling little family, you can do so by whitelisting, by uh, sending us an email at gummycutnetworks at gmail.com, and uh, we'll let you know if you're a good fit. Uh, you can also find this podcast on your various podcast providers, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And if we're not available on your you know, provider of choice, let us know so we can add ourselves to it. And make sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Let people know that you like the show and that they should check it out as well. You can also find us on social media at facebook.com slash popcornjunkie, Twitter at cornjunkiepod, Instagram at popcornjunkiepodcast, uh, letterboxed at cornjunkiepod. Uh, I also need to try to catch up on uh, Stardust with all the stuff I've been covering, but uh, it's it, I'm so used to just doing it in the car. I'm not used to doing it at home. Um, so, yeah, but you can still find me over on Stardust. Uh, I'll announce when I'm back to uh, commenting on stuff over there. Um, that's, uh, Popcorn Junkie on Stardust. And then if there's anything else you want to say to me, you can do so by commenting on, on the various social media, uh, handles, or you can send me an email at uh, popcornjunkiepodcast at gmail.com. And if you want me to kind of relay your message back, back on the, back on the next episode, just let me know. And then uh, if you want to help support the show and you're able to, uh, you can just do so by donating as little as $1 a month to Popcorn Junkie, uh, to the Popcorn Junkie Patreon, patreon.com slash popcorn junkie. And then 
you can just, you know, with as little as $1 a month, you can help make content for the show by suggesting movies for me to review, um, help bring back, uh, make a better movie and much along the much along series, which I may see about bringing more people in for that. Uh, if we bring it back, I definitely want to try and bring in more people. If it's just, I don't want it to just be me riffing. I think it's much more fun if I get other people to riff with me. So I may do that, uh, down the line, but, um, you know, any, anything like that. Uh, Hey, if you donate enough, you know, if you want to, you know, if you're helping to donate, maybe you want to be on the riff, let me know. Uh, just, uh, help support the show if you're able to, times being what they are, gestures and everything, I get it. So, if you're able to, and you, or if you want to, down the line, once you get some money coming in, uh, just help support the show, every little bit helps. And then, that does it for this week's episode. Until next time, I'm John Bailey, and HBO Max, you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. The theme song for Popcorn Junkie is Funky Popcorn by The M. Look up Funky Popcorn by the letter M on SoundCloud for more of their music. Artwork provided by Nafio, N-A-F-Y-O. Look up nafio.deviantart.com for more of his artwork. Music